0: the word of the Lord says we're not we're we're not oblivious to the to the word nor are we oblivious to the world come on your mental health needs to be based on the word of God and if it is not lining up with the perfect will of God and if it is a demonic spirit cast it out because compromise will rob you of your voice there is no wisdom and there is no insight and there's no plan that can stand against the counsel of the Lord the plan of the Lord will stand. You have to know that. You have to understand that. You have to know that fully, firmly, that no matter what, God's plan will stand. Amen. Amen. And that's in Proverbs 21. Proverbs 21 and verse 30. Let's it says, there is no wisdom, no nor any understanding, nor counsel against the Lord. Do you belong to the Lord? Yeah. Okay, so then, therefore, is it fitting, is it right to be able to read it in this way? There is no wisdom, nor understanding, or counsel against me. Yeah. Let's read it again. There is no wisdom, there is no understanding, nor is there any counsel against me as I stand firmly rooted. Grounded in the living word of God. Because, see, it says of the Lord. There's no counsel. There's no understanding. There's nothing that's going to be against him that's going to be able to stand. But if we don't see ourselves seated in that rightful position where he's already called us in Ephesians 2.6, if we don't see ourselves seated there literally receiving what he's already purchased, then we always see it as this is what God has to offer us, but we're over here still waiting to receive what's already been purchased. So if you're in Christ, then you are centered and you're grounded and you're rooted, you're one with him. So then therefore, there is no counsel that's going to be able to stand against you because you're walking in Christ. Now, if you're walking outside of Christ and you choose to walk in the flesh then, of course, this does not apply, right? right. So we, we all know what we're saying. I know what she's talking about. When we walk in the Spirit, we're not going to gratify, we're not going to fulfill the desires of the flesh, right? So there is no wisdom or understanding or counsel against the Lord. And then it says, the horse, verse 31, the horse is prepared for the day of battle, but deliverance is of the Lord. The horse is prepared, but deliverance is of the Lord. Deliverances of the Lord. We are carriers of his presence and we literally carry his divine nature inside of us to cast out demons, to walk in strength, to walk with godly character, to live by the spirit. Amen. And so there is no counsel that's going to stand against you when you stand with Christ. And that's really powerful because it'll give you confidence even in how you pray. It'll give you confidence in how you make your practical everyday decisions. We must live in the practical realm as well as in the supernatural realm, right? We must be able to practically apply the scripture that has been brought forth, right? We be we must be able to maneuver through and be able to practically say, well, this is how I walk through that situation. You know, there are times and and that it's like, well, I don't know why, I just know that's the spirit of God's discernment, and that we carry that, and you'll continue to carry that. You're going to continue to grow in that. That. That's the gift of discerning of spirits. But there's also something about practically being able to apply yourself and in the word because you know it and you know who you are in Christ. Say it's position. It's about position. Right? And I know where I'm seated. So you can know it intellectually but not walk it out spiritually. And, right? But, but we're not. we will walk it out in both ways. I'll know it and I'm going to walk it out. Amen. Let's turn our Bibles to Ephesians 2.6. It says that we were raised up together, and he's made us to sit together in the heavenly places in Christ. We've been raised up together, and he's, he's made us to sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. But we're going to start in verse 1 of chapter 2. I wanted you to see the actual scripture. But now we're going to back up, and we're going to read the whole this portion. Chapter 2 of Ephesians. And you... He made alive, okay? First of all, we know he's talking to the believers. Us. He's made us alive. What do you mean he's made us alive? It means he's quickened our, our he's quickened us. He's quickened us. He's kindled a, a fire on the inside of us, right? He, he's fanned the flame. You've been made alive. Amen. In your spirit, man, you've been made alive. He's, you've been quickened. The Holy Spirit has to quicken us, but you've been quickened. If you've been made alive, then you've been quickened. You were dead, let's continue reading, who were dead in trespasses and sins, that was the former state, that was your former state, in which you once walked in, according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, but we have so many focus on the prince of the power of the air, but yet you are not living according to the power, the prince of the power of the air, you literally have been seated in high places because you were once dead, but now you're alive. You've been quickened. Say, I've been quickened. I've been made alive. stirred up in the Holy Ghost. So the prince of the power of the air, which is the spirit, which now works in the sons of disobedience. The prince of the power of the air. Okay, let's just make it really plain. Demon spirits. Demon spirits now work in the sons of the disobedient, not the obedient the disobedient we cannot confuse who we have been given the right to access the keys that we've been given right to access with with the enemy's disguise with the enemy's plans and schemes sons of disobedient are they're rampant even in Christianity it's not their lot. It's not given to them by God, but they do exist. They choose the ways of the world because their eyes are not on what Christ has done and who He is in them, but instead on what's going on here. Been thinking a lot about. Um, well, last Saturday night I gave a message on LGBTQ. That's what it was titled, LGBTQ the perversion of it and just how this is a, is a demonic diabolical perversion right went through the scripture to help those understand there is no confusion in the bible because you need to know where it's at both in the old testament and the new testament so we took that time to go through the scriptures and see what does the word say in both Old Testament and New Testament regarding that one sin? That's not the only sin. There's many of them, but just regarding that one. Specifically because of what's going on in our culture so much right now. Right? Yeah, and, and it's just, it's it's horrendous. The other thing the Lord has been saying to me, even during this week, you know, it, it's not even just the whole, it's not even just the whole um LGBTQ and that whole um, agenda, but it's really targeted towards the youth and bringing perversion and trying to violate the innocent, the young, those that are unprotected. And because this talk, you know, so many in the pulpit don't want to talk about it for various reasons, which to me is ridiculous, because if you have been entrusted with the body, you know, with the body, then you literally need to speak truth and influence them according to the word of God. Not be silent where God is not silent, because God is not silent on this topic. So why should we be? And as I told you before, this is not a hate speech. This is not, there's nothing hateful other than we hate sin. We don't hate any person. We love the people, but we do hate the sin. And we are called by God to hate the sin. And I've already gone through those scriptures. For those that maybe weren't here, you can watch it because it's going to be up here very shortly. And so I encourage you to watch it because we've gone through many scriptures that have to do with exactly what I'm talking about here. So we're going to keep on going. But the agenda is to defile our youth. So that cannot be. Not on my watch. With social media nowadays... It's good and it's not good. You know, it serves a purpose, but but on the flip side of it is everyone seems to have the freedom to post any video that they want to post, as perverted as it may be, as pornographic as it may be, and it's okay. They think it's okay. You know, people jumping on the bandwagon and those that are for it liking it and those that are not hating it, and, and I'm appalled just at the fact that it's even on there. I'm appalled that this is being viewed. There, it, it's out there so that the youth can see yeah. what we wouldn't even think about years past, right? So I'm not going to specifically say what I've seen, but you've seen it too. Yeah. You just think of the worst of the worst, and you see these these minds that are supposed to be taken care of, protected by parents, Uh, instead of being taken care of and protected, they're literally being fed to the wolves. It's like you're just feeding them to the wolves when you allow them to view, when you allow them to go, when you allow them to be a part, when you don't teach the opposite. We must teach the opposite given their age and given the scenario, of course, common sense, right? But we're not going to be silent where God is not silent. So look at Matthew 18. Matthew 18 and verse 6. It says, but whoever causes one of these little ones who believe in me to sin, it would be better for him if a millstone were hung around his neck and he were drowned in the depths of the sea. Somebody reading that scripture that is of the different persuasion may say, see how hateful your religion is? See how hateful your God is? You're just a, a God of hate. This religion is a religion of hate, narrow-mindedness. No, we are protecting the minds of those that are young. Now, this it says the youth, the little ones. Now, it could literally mean little children, but it could also mean the, the minds of the immature, like the young in faith. Right. It doesn't necessarily mean. Well, what is the age group? Does this refer to five and under? Or no. It has to do with their spiritual walk. You could be an adult and still be immature and still be very uh, deceivable, right. if that's even a word. You you can literally just be deceived, right? Because you're spiritually not strong. You're not mature in the spiritual realm in the Word. Based on what I preached Saturday. The Lord kept saying, and I just kept hearing, and this is like, oh, just this, this weight, you know, of, of um, what's happening with the youth, the young ones at least, you know, and, and this, is, this is one of the scriptures that he gave, that he brought me to. So a millstone is a rock, a big rock, a heavy rock that was used to grind grain in, in an effort to make bread. So when they would make bread, they would have, well, they would have two, rocks, and they would grind them together, but there was the larger one that they literally would use to grind and, gr- and just to, just to, just to grind it down to a pulp, so as I meditated on that, I'm sure some of you know where I'm going, that's what they're doing, grinding them down to a pulp. With one thing after the next thing, after the next thing, after the next thing that they're seeing, that they're hearing, that they're being exposed to. They're literally being grinded down to a pulp, but they're being defiled. No. We cannot just be okay and be silent. It's a diabolical, demonic, sickening sin. Hey, if I ever say it's demonic, don't ever think that I'm blaming it all on the devil. Sin opens the door to the demonic. Oh, it is demonic, but sin opened the door to the demonic. Amen. A defilement means to desecrate. That means, that means these little ones, regarding of, regardless of the age, desecrated. They're, they're being profaned and violated and marred. You think about the body of Jesus. It was marred even to the point where he couldn't even be identified. Right? It was like unidentifiable. So, so beaten. That kind of marring is happening spiritually, emotionally, and physically to many in this generation. And we cannot just be okay. So as I was driving here this morning, I was thinking, I was at the stoplight. I was at the intersection. And I, and immediately I had a vision. And because of where we live... We don't typically see too much of even what I'm saying, not on a large scale. I'm not saying we don't see it at all, but we don't see the flamboyant, you know, parading down any street at any given time, right? We don't see that here where we live. We see it on social media. We see pockets of it for sure. We will see pockets. But if you just drive one hour north, you would see it. You would see parades, uh, you know, and just people doing these types of, in the day, on the street, just walking to the grocery store. You're just trying to get someplace, constantly in your face. And I thought to myself, we don't see that, like with our natural eyes. We see it. We know it's happening. We're aware. But it's not in our face all the time on a daily basis, right? And thank God for that. But I was thinking of those that it is. And I thought, now, what if that was us? You know how in a vision with the Lord, you're at the stoplight for, what, two minutes, but the vision's so quick, but there's so much down, so much download that you got, received from that one, two minutes. So I'm like, well, what if that was us? So we'd be at the same stop, at the same intersection, but instead of just trees and cars and just, you know, we would see all this on the corner, and what would we do? Like, I put myself in these shoes, and I thought, how grieving, how horrendous, how sickening, how, how just, term- your, your stomach just turns. Like, you, I don't even know the words to describe the demonic, de- de- diabolical disgust. But it's happening, even if it's not happening right in front of our eyes all the time. It's happening, and just an hour away. Now, it happens here, too. I'm just saying it doesn't happen on a wide scale. But it's happening. And it is horrendous. And so when I think about just an hour away, you know, they wake up. Okay, I've got to tell you the second vision. I'm still driving here. I have another vision. And, yeah, and, but in this vision, I see a council, like a council, a group of people not a heavenly council. And in this council, I see a bunch of, there are people, but they they were demonized. They were filled with demonic spirits. Many of them were already possessed. Literally waking up, gathering together early morning, gathering together, making their plans for, all right, we've done X, Y, and Z. We've done all these things already with our agenda. Okay, what do we do today? How do we, what's the next plan? What's the next plan of action? They were, we've got them, we've got them where we want them. We've got them on a string. We've got them, where, now what do we do? Where do we go next? This is what they've been doing. This is what they've been doing. It hasn't started here today. It's been so, year, so many years, this has been in the, in the hidden, you know. And for some that have had wisdom and discernment, they've seen it. I saw it a long, long time ago. Years ago. One time I was speaking at a women's conference and I was a third person up to speak. I had a whole message right, ready and prepared. The woman that spoke before me was, um, she was, she was involved in the school system. She's Christian, but she was involved in the public school system. And she was trying for it to not be known that she was a Christian so that she could get the inside scoop. So she would go, and um, I think she said substitute teacher. I don't know that that matters. But she would go, and she would go to these parent-teacher conferences and, and you know, they're what they have for parents, right, where they go to these committee meetings, and she would hear. She would go in not disclosing who she was and what she believed so that she could just, it could just seem like she's one of them. So she came to the conference, and she shared all of these things that they were doing. And I'm telling you, there were so many, it was a lot to handle, it was a lot, because this was years ago now, okay? And the agenda was very clear back then about the school systems and what, what they were doing. Yeah. And, um, you know, people were just, you can see their stomachs were in knots, they were just, you know, who was just so, so upset, it was very, very hard myself too. Like I'm sitting there going, great, I need to preach next. You know, like this is going to be hard. I gotta, what do I do? Because I want to be sensitive to what was just released. But I also knew that these people that weren't ready, well, I don't know if they weren't ready. It was a lot for them all to process that, I, you know, as I went up next, I had to, before I can even get into the word, I had to first deal with the spirit of fear that was just plaguing their minds. They were traumatized by it all. But I say all this to say, this is not new. This has been going on for a long, long time in the system, school systems, right? And, of course, in workplaces and such, you know. So what we have to realize, we have the power, though. We, we have the power of God. See, what? when I was thinking about all this, my concern is this. We know it's happening. It's been happening. My concern, though, is Christian parents that have somewhat bought into the lie that your child was born like this because they've been, you've allowed them to be exposed for however long, or it's at school. You know, they have received this indoctrination, right? And so now they come home telling you something that is not of God. My concern is Christian parents that hear this from their child and don't respond correctly. What is correctly? They sympathize they console but you don't you don't stroke and a demon you don't you don't just calm the demon down you don't just counsel a demon you have to see that that individual has been literally tainted by a spirit of lies deceit perversion and it is your job to rise up and say oh no Oh, no, that is not who you are. And take authority. Stop putting them in mental, what is it, mental sickness? It's a demonic spirit is what it is. They're like, oh, well, they're going to go to the mental classes, mental sickness class. There's mental health. That's the word I was going to go. Mental health. Come on, your mental health needs to be based on the word of God. And if it is not lining up with the perfect will of God, and if it is a demonic spirit, cast it out. Don't give me this mental sickness, this you know, you have to understand the Word of God is enough. The Word of God tells us who we are, teaches us who we are, and we know that we are alive in Christ. We know that we are more than a conqueror. We know that it is His blood that has been shed on our our behalf so we can walk freely, and it is our job to speak truth. We cannot be part of the culture that says, well, just this is inappropriate. You need to feel bad for them. You need to have compassion for them. You need, you need to just hear them. You're causing more trauma by doing this. They're going to hate you. They're not going to want to talk to you. Come on, don't tell me you don't hear any of these excuses. We all hear them. These are excuses to shut you up. They're excuses to keep your mouth silent. But it's actually just putting a spirit of fear in you. It's actually robbing you. You have exchanged that which, which is good for that which the enemy says is better, which it isn't. You've exchanged God's best. You've exchanged it by your silence. You've exchanged it by your, your your partnering with the world's standards. So what am I saying? Let me help, let me just make it really clear. I'm saying the right process of helping your loved ones when they if they come to you and say, This is who I am. You don't say, Oh no, you know, this is you don't. You don't agree with them. You don't just You don't just say, oh, well, I'm so sorry, or whatever. That's ridiculous. You lovingly remind them who they are in Christ. You start where they're at. You get to their heart, of course. You need to speak to their heart, but you have to always have the mindset that you don't believe what they're saying, and you're going somewhere. And what I mean by you don't believe what they're saying, it's crazy how this can be so, like, so confusing, but it doesn't have to be. So what I mean by you don't believe what they say is you don't believe the demon that's lying to you. Because it's a demon that's lying to you. It's a demon that's talking to you. Isn't that even your child? I had someone that said, but I feel so bad because it's my child. And I promised God that I would take care of him. And now if I, if I, if I just, you know, do this, then I'm, I feel like I'm not going to take care of them. You're going to take care of them as you speak truth to them. Amen. You have to speak truth because they're, getting, they're listening to a whole bunch of lies. This touches every single person, whether it touches you directly or indirectly. Every single person, because of the culture that we live in, it touches every single one of you. If you don't have somebody that you know, that you're close to, that has been, you know, they've been deceived by this, then you will know somebody that has. And you need to know this because you may be the very individual that God is going to use to help that parent help that child. So listen and heed what I'm saying here today. We have to hear the word of truth and be able to understand. So what am I talking about? I was starting that. What am I what I'm talking about is how to correctly speak truth when this demonic diabolical lie gets thrown in your face. What I'm saying is you don't back down and agree with the devil. What what I'm saying is you still pray for the individual As the Lord directs you to pray, but you don't let fear grip your heart, nor do you let complacency direct your footsteps, nor do you let the deception come upon you. Because there are many tactics that the enemy will try to use to dub you down, to shut you up, and to keep you quiet. So what if they get mad? What if they, so what? So what if they get mad? So what? Next point. So what if they get mad? It's the devil getting mad through them, guys. Did you, were you trying to please the devil? He's already mad when he knows who you are, when he knows you know who you are. So just get him more mad. Here's the thing, one day, don't you want them to come back thanking you that you didn't just take and drink the Kool-Aid? Don't you just want them to come back and say, wow, thank you, that you loved me enough to lovingly speak. I didn't think it was love at the time. But now I see that you were loving me enough to speak. Come on, have you had that already? It may not be about this topic, but some topic. And they've come back and they've said, thank you for speaking truth. Man, I thought you were too much. I've told you this before, my kids, you know. Man, can't you just be like every other mom? Why do you have to be so radical? Can't you just be like everybody else's mom? No, you ha- I see that. I know that. I saw that in the spirit. Who touched you? Who did this? You know, and they're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like, you're weird. You're strange, you know. Now, my kids never told me I was weird or strange, or they were got gotten in trouble. But I knew that. I knew that's where they were thinking. Later on, it all came out. <laughs> but they thanked me. Oh, yeah. Do you remember that story? Okay, don't get me on a tangent now. (laughs) Okay, now I just have to say it. Pokemon. So, Pokemon is not of the Lord, but it is of the devil. So, when my kids are being raised, I never knew about Pokemon. And uh, we were at church, and somebody had, some of the kids, they were talking. I hear it. I hear it. They're talking, Pokemon, Pokemon. What is that? I never heard of it before but in my spirit immediately I knew witchcraft this is witchcraft I didn't see a card I didn't even know what it was is it a game do you play is it like what is it I had no idea I didn't see it I just heard the word but I knew it was I knew it was witchcraft well fast forward we're at home now and we were my kids were young you know um I don't know 5th grade 4th grade they were young and our little neighbor friend was looking at the door, because he wanted to play with the boys. And I go to answer the door, and I look at this, ah, and then he comes all the time. He was practically a Coppola. He came all the time. So we know him. <laughs> so he's knocking on the door. He wants to see if the boys can play. We homeschooled. He was public school, so you know he, he knew, hey, you don't even bother coming until this time, because we're not done. We're not going to play, right? So at a certain time, he's knocking on the door. And I open the door, and he wanted to know if the, if the boys could play. I see him, and I said, Evan, do you have Pokemon cards on you? Now, it wasn't because I just heard it from church. This was later on. I don't remember exactly the time frame. But it was like I knew. And I said, do you have Pokemon cards on you? And he, he looks at me, and he goes. <laughs> like his eyes are like he just saw, you know. And he's like, like a deer in the headlights, you know. Yes. Then I said, go home and get rid of those cards. You're not walking in my house with those cards. My kids that could hear me are going, oh. (laughs) Did she just do that to my friend? No, I did it to the devil in your friend. Did it right. So the kid went two doors down, emptied his pockets and came back, and he said, Okay, I I got rid of the cards. Can I come in now? (laughs) Yeah, it is such a, it's a deception. It's just a demonic deception. And there's so many different things that we have to be wise because these are the types of things that will pollute the minds of our kids. The minds is just one little thing. But they'll pollute the minds of our children if we are either unaware, right, Um, or if we are aware, but we just don't do anything about it because we don't want to be that parent. We don't want to be that parent that actually, you know, they have these fancy names now, helicopter mom. I never heard that term when I was raising my kids, but apparently I was a helicopter mom. I guess I fit the description. Did any of you fit that? Yeah, you're hovering, like you're hovering, hovering. Well, let me tell you, maybe some of you all need to hover a little longer. Maybe some of you just gave them the key and you gave them the code to the door and you just turned your back and you did whatever you're gonna do. Maybe you needed to hover a little bit more. (laughs) But we're not gonna identify with that horrible term. We cover, I heard cover, we cover our children. We cover them in prayer. We cover them in the love of God. We cover them by being present. We cover them by speaking truth to them. Yeah. So back to the whole premise of this of this message here today about our youth and, and about just what's happening, right, the agenda that defiles the, the, our youth. We can't let it. We cannot let it happen. We cannot just be silent. And I'm gonna, we're going to turn to one more place, and that is 1 Kings 18. 1 Kings 18. Because, you know, this whole thing of just this, uh, the lie as you're turning there, this lie that says, well, you shouldn't, you, you know, we, you don't want to be like that. You don't want to be, you want to be accepting. You want to be loving. You, wanna, you want them to relate to you. Well, my kids relate to me perfectly fine. They do. They relate to me perfectly fine. (laughs) I know you're all laughing. I'm like, oh, my gosh, but it's true. I'm telling you. And I'm telling you what they've told me. Here's the other thing. Because they saw it modeled, they are also now doing what I had done for them. Without me telling them, without me having to spoon feed every single step along the way, I'm watching. I'm watching the history unfold, like history meaning what I, what I was able to do, I'm watching it become, just unfolded before my very eyes. Yeah. Who's like, oh no, we don't want that unicorn here. Get that unicorn out of here. Yeah. When you have a, she's not six yet, she's five. When you have a five-year-old that says, no, I found all these unicorns in my room because at the time, you know, her anyway, it was allowed. So she's like, Oh, and look, here's another one. And, here, and she wants to get rid of them because I've told her, no, these are not of God. And so she's like, you know, she's finding more. She brings them to my house so that we can, so that, you know, we just can get rid of them. So her mom was like, what is this? You know, I go, it's the sack of unicorns that your daughter brought to me so we can get rid of. She's like, oh, my gosh, I didn't even realize we have those at the house. Well, let's get rid of them. I'm like, yes, that's awesome. Praise God, because see, when you start to instruct them in the way of the Lord, they may not always agree at first, but trust me, they will. Time, you know, has a way of coming around again. They will. They will. So in the process, you do what? In the process, you keep your eyes on the Lord, and in the process, you trust that the same God who spoke to you and gave you that word of knowledge, that word of understanding from the word of God, that gave you that unction to have that Holy Ghost boldness to speak, That same God is going to actually carry you through so that you see the fruit of your labor. You will see the fruit of your labor. The middle ground, that the in-between time where the enemy was just jabbing you and stabbing you and twisting the knife and trying to get you depressed and emotional and trying to get you to listen to a lie. Don't think that he doesn't work on you when you take a stand. Of course, he works on you when you take a stand. But that's why we're here to encourage one another. Amen. That's why the body of Christ is surely iron that sharpens iron so that you don't take the enemy's bait. And you keep on keeping on. You keep on doing what the will of the Lord is. And so in 1 First, First Kings 18. And in verse 21. And Elijah came. To all the people, and he said, how long will you falter between two opinions? That's the problem right there. you got people faltering between two opinions, one foot in and one foot out. If the Lord is God, follow him. But if Baal, follow him. But the people answered him not a word. This man of God, this prophet of God, went and said, how long will you falter between two opinions? In other words, man up. Be a man, be a woman, stand for truth. How long will you falter between two opinions? If the Lord is God, then follow him. But if Baal, then follow him. But the people answered him, not a word, because compromise will rob you of your voice. Compromise will rob you of your voice. Not on my watch. Not on your watch. We don't feel like the world is falling apart. I don't feel like the world is. Hey, it's pretty bad. It's wicked. But I know that my God keeps us from falling. I know that he keeps our foot from being stumbled and hit, right? We know what the word of the Lord says. We're not, we're, we're not oblivious to the, to the word, nor are we oblivious to the world. We just put more stock. We put our faith in the living word and not in what we see. Because too many believe in what they see. And they speak of what they see more than what should be seen, which is from the word of truth. Amen. Because there's a subtle, subtle shift that takes place in our minds when we're always focusing on. But the enemy, and what if, and what if, that's fear again. We just took authority over fear, fear of man. We just dealt with that. So we see it. We're not oblivious to it. We know it's happening. We also have our instruction where we're going to speak as God directs under the unction of the Holy Spirit. But we're not going to let fear limit us from speaking because people, the innocent, younger, younger in the faith, are being plagued. And we have to speak. Oh, honey, that's not truth. This is not of God. Why don't you start praying? And I, and I feel like this is right now, the Lord just told me this. Some of you need to see, literally pray, Lord, give me an opportunity to pray with these these that have been exposed but are still open. Because there's a period of time where they're still open before their hearts become even more hardened. Now, even if their hearts become hardened, not too big for God, never too big for God, church. Right? But ask the Lord, give me an opportunity, bring opportunities my way that I could speak to and pray for. Some that are kind of going in this path, they're being seduced, they're being manipulated, they're being groomed, they're being enticed, but they haven't fully fallen in, they haven't fully taken the bait yet. Ask the Lord to bring them to you. And then when when he does, remember, you're not gonna ask for gifts and then not use them because you're not gonna have the gifts to use. When he does, pray. Speak. Be that mother or that father that they should have had in the first place that that was awake. And, and maybe they were. You know, sometimes they were, but they still chose to go the way they chose to go. So it's not always that there was a, a parent. It's not always an absentee parent, right? Sometimes it's just choices, stubbornness, right? Many times. So Elijah said in this word, choose, right? Basically he is saying to choose. If God be God, then you choose. If Baal be God, then sh- then you can follow him. Who are you going to follow? But we're going to follow the will of the Lord. And we're not going to allow a culture to silence our voice.